Welcome to the Iron Society podcast, where we build men of God to become husbands and fathers that change the world. No man should have to struggle through life alone or lacking the tools they need to win and dominate life. Every week, we will bring you an inspiring and actionable conversation that will forge you into the man and leader God has called you to be. Welcome to the Iron Society. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Iron Society podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Cody Chapman, along here with Nick Milligan, as always. Nick Milligan, as always. And by the way, if my voice sounds a little weird, and I feel I sound a little stuffy, or a little weird, I, I mean, am a little weird. It's because um, I'm I'm 99.999% sure that I got the vid last week for the second time. You did, yeah, I did. So I'm calling that my booster shot. Um, yep. If you don't get the joke, well, you'll figure <laughs> it out. Um, <laughs> I, dude, I hate. Uh, first time I had COVID it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Second time I had it, it was much shorter. But now I have like weird things, like my ears are ringing nonstop for the past week. They say that's one of the side effects I, or symptoms of. Yeah, I don't know. Good I'm times. Just, yeah, I hate it. I, I hate being sick in general. And that's Indeed. what COVID, COVID, COVID just being sick. Like at the end of the end, it's just being sick. I just hate being sick. Yeah. The it. type of what it is is somewhat irrelevant. Obviously, yeah. you want to know what you got so you can treat it appropriately. But at yeah. the end of the day, never any fun. Yeah. So in total, this virus has put me out for a month of the last three years of my life. Wild. It affected so much more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It did a lot more than just three months of being, yeah. or a month of being yeah. sick in the last three years. That's for dang it's sure. It's caused a lot of change in yeah. a lot of people's lives. Goodness gracious. But hey, you know what? We're not here to talk about. I'm actually grateful uh, for most of it. Huh? I'm actually grateful for most of it. Yeah. I, I think it was the great magnifier is what I refer to it as. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was a magnifying glass, and you got to see what was being masked and hidden by a lot of people. It, it came out because you couldn't hide it anymore. No pun intended. Oh, jeez. I didn't even get that. <laughs> you know, oh, man. You're welcome. Way to catch that, buddy. Way to go. <laughs> gosh, dang it. Oh uh, gosh! And as we know about masks, they're just ineffective. So <laughs> they'll, uh, they will, um, you know, at some point you'll figure that out um, in life or literally. Let's hope. I think we just lost half the listeners. That's but okay. That's whatever. Uh, the the real ones will stick around. Anyways, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk um, about something called the Iron Ethos. Um, is it ethos or ethos? Ooh. I would go with ethos, but is that a southern versus east coast thing? Or well, because it's a it's a Latin word, sure. And I think O's like that. I almost want to say they are pronounced with an A mm. in uh, in Latin. I like saying ethos, so I'm going to say ethos. You can say ethos. I said ethos. Oh, did you? Yeah. Or did I say ethos? Uh, no, you just. Pose the question randomly okay. out of nowhere. I'm just going to keep saying ethos, and I reserve the right for accidentally saying ethos, too. So <laughs> send it. Um, I'm going to call it whatever we want. But we were, we were talking about what we wanted to discuss this week. And um, there is, as you guys know, like we ha- like the identity code is something we talk a lot about. It's the framework that we walk men through when they join the Iron Society Brotherhood about defining who they are, what they value and how they will show up every day of their life. Yeah, getting it's, real clear and concise about it. Yeah, very meaningful language, 
customized to them. We give you the framework, but you create this identity code and we every single guy in the brotherhood reads it every morning to themselves to remind themselves of who they are, what they value and how they'll show up. And yeah. we I, I mean to to say that we've seen it change guys' lives is I believe one of the biggest understatements. Like it yeah. has saved marriages. Yep. It has saved fathers being, you know, better like it is just it it has absolutely shifted um, so many men's marriages, their parenting, their spiritual life, their mental health, all of that by just defining these things. It's so incredibly powerful. Yeah, it's extremely personalized. And I yeah. think that's why, in part, why it works so well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It, it allows for you to get very clear so you know not just the destination, but the trajectory you need to be on to get to that yeah. destination. Yeah. And the iron ethos is something that we are starting to give to new members before when they join, before they create their identity code, more or less for two reasons. One, to say it's just a big punch in the face of like, here are now the operating procedures of the brotherhood that you just joined. Sure. Right? And right, wrong, and different, like it or not, this is what you just, jo- this is what you just jumped into. And this is how we expect you to start living and showing up. There again, it's, it's getting real clear and Very concise clear. on yeah. who we are and how we expect you to now function as well. Yep. These are our standards. These are our standards. And, and you know, if we want to use identity code language, most of like these, uh, these are a bunch of protocols yep. of how we're going to show up yep. and how we expect you to show up. Um, and so it thought it'd be a good idea to go through these things because, I mean, they're very pithy statements. Um, and I think if you, if you never join the Iron Society, which would be probably one of the bigger mistakes of your life, um, <laughs> but if you never do, but if you just adopted this iron ethos and you just totally, did I say that? You said ethos that time. See, I, I don't even know, dude. <laughs> like ethos, ethos. I'm, like I said, I reserve the right to say it both ways. In the, in the words of Sean from Psych, mm. the best show ever. Oh, we're going deep. Yeah. I've heard it both ways. He says that all the time in the show. Yes. You know, he'll call somebody a name and they're like, it's this. And he's like, ah, I've heard it both ways. Mm-hmm. But, it's, but mm-hmm. the thing is, it'd be like me calling you Jeffrey. Yeah, my name's Nick. And he goes, ah, I've heard it both ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, ethos, ethos, I've heard it both ways. Um, if you just took this and installed this as the operating system for how you showed up every day, um, <laughs> you'd legitimately show up as a better man Instant in your upgrade. life. Instant upgrade. Just by having a set of principles to operate by, you know? Um, and this is honestly, like, I think the reason Christian men specifically need something like this, and it's probably why the identity code, one of the reasons why it's so powerful and why if you adopted the iron ethos, um, why it could be so powerful is because, and this is a little bit of a more meta idea, but like, there are so many operating procedures and things and ways to live when we look at scripture, mm-hmm. right? So much so that it can be incredibly overwhelming. And it's why pastors and churches will always be in business, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. because there's Christians, a lot to unpack. Christians need to be friggin' reminded of all of these things for the entirety of their lives, yes. right? There is just, I mean, even just reading through the scriptures that we're reading through today with the Iron Study in Matthew chapter five and Proverbs chapter five, like, how many things in just what we read today that it's like you could latch onto for the next, 15 years of your life. Oh, sure. Right? Sure. It, and still not have it fully And still not have out. it dialed, right? Because there's just so much there. Yeah. And I think that's one of the th- reasons why 
living life as a Christian, period, and then as a Christian man, can feel so dang overwhelming. Mm. You have all these responsibilities, all these things you got to take care of, right? You got to do the work. You got to provide for the family. You got to be a great husband. Got to be a great father. Okay, a friend. I'm going to serve at my church and blah, 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 blah. Got to make sure I'm not a butthole to the person in the drive-thru. You know, all these things. And then you throw in addiction, alcohol, pornography. You start throwing in all the vices of the world. And it just gets so, it gets so dang, dude, it's so dang hard. You know, it really is, like, if we're honest. But something like this ethos or the code, the reason I think it's so powerful is because it's so, like you said, clear and concise. Mm-hmm. Like, just right here. Here's, just start living this way. Mm-hmm. And I think it will not only help you live in a more biblical way, but it definitely increases the amount of discipline you'll live with, um, the amount of mental fortitude and grit you'll live with, a little more mental resiliency and bounce back when life hits you a certain way. Um, I think that's why some of these, like the, the ethos and the code work so well is because they're just, they're, they're short things to latch onto and you can sink your friggin' teeth into them. Well, and they're, they're, aspirational statements as well sometimes yeah, for us 100%. right and so yeah. especially if you put you know an adverb or adjective in front of a statement it gives it that much more gravitas if you will yeah that i'm like i'm like yes Little i'm, I'm challenged yeah the yeah. color I, like it it challenges you and i think most guys want to rise to the challenge yeah right like we we want a challenge we yep. want to see what we're capable of yep. and so um being able to refer to it and the other aspect of it i think with the iron ethos is a more generalized statement for any man to be able to adopt. I think just knowing that there's other men agreeing and working towards holding these truths as their protocols together, that communal sense, that brotherhood that we all desire, that aspect of it is huge as well. And that's why I love the fact that we have our personal identity codes that we can live out of. Yep. That way, it, you know, it's, it's, it's customized to our situation, our experience, our needs, our aspirations mm-hmm. and goals. But this being a more generalized statement can be something we can call all of each other to really easily, right? Yep. And feel a part of something bigger than ourselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and that's, I think anytime you are around people where there is a shared set of values, um, like a, and a clear defined set of values. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not just like, these are our values, but I'm going to challenge you to live this way. You're going to challenge me to live this way. We're going to call each other higher. Right. Um, I think that is so incredibly powerful. And it's one of the things that like, I wish churches would really do better. Mm. Um, and I think it's why some guys probably don't latch on to churches the way that they, that the way that a lot of church leadership would want them to, right? I've never known a church not to have values. Mm-hmm. I've never known a church not to post those values in, you know, the sanctuary, the lobby, on the website, all those things. Mm-hmm. But like, how often are the people of the church talking about those values and pointing at one another saying, you're not doing this, right? Like no one's got the, no one's, no one's got the, the chutzpah to do that on a Sunday. Or on the flip side, doing those values so well that others are watching and seeing and being inspired by. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't even have to, like, how rad would that be to, to be at, like, to create a culture at your church where you could, you could take the banners down of the values and let somebody new come in and watch, just randomly select half a dozen people and have them watch them live their life for a month and then have them guess what the church values are. But there's the key right there. 
you've got to be known and you've got to know others, right? Oh, 100%. You can't do yeah. that on a Sunday morning. You yeah. actually have to get involved in each other's lives. Yeah. That looks like, you know, meals shared together. That looks like, you know, kids sports together or, or whatever outside those four walls. You've, there's got to be that aspect as well. Yeah. And I think that's where the church is trying to supplement with small groups and so on and so forth, which is great. And you get an aspect of that and you're trying to foster those relationships. I, you know, what I believe is truly the goal. Yeah, getting together and talking about the sermon is is great, but that shouldn't be the only reason why why a group of people from the church is getting together. It's so they can know each other, so yeah. they can actually understand what people are struggling with, right? And 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 be supported by and encouraged by, and and then also to see someone else, you know, absolutely crushing it somewhere, and go, man, if he can do it, how how is he? How is he doing that? Yeah. I should, I should, I think I could do that. Yeah. Could I do that? You know. I need to pose some questions to this dude. Like he's, he's killing it over in this area and I need some help in this area. Like, yeah. And all of a sudden that, that known and being known or knowing and being known aspect starts to translate into actual like transformation starting like yeah. actual iron sharpening iron as yeah. we say, right? Like that's, that's the inspiring part of that aspect. Yeah. Well, even like we, and we're going to get into the iron ethos here in like two minutes, but like we were both invited over to somebody's house last night yeah. that, um, has been very forthright with me that like they are more or less like they more or less keep have kept to themselves for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been very introverted and mm-hmm. all of that, and it was just like I want to no like I've I want to start I I want to start being a better man, and so I know I got to get around people right. And yeah. then I mean after being at the house for like forty five minutes, that we had some dinner, and then like he had the like the fortitude to bring up the fact that it was like, dude. I drink too much and it's starting to affect parts of my life. Yeah. I've tried quitting before, but like, I know I need to fix this, mm-hmm. you know, like two dudes that we had never hung out with him, like in that smaller setting before, yeah. but it's like that kind of initiative by somebody like that. And it's, and truly it's not that hard. Invite somebody over for your, to your house for dinner and then just have the fortitude to be like, Hey, this is a, uh, some, it's what, this is what I'm struggling with. Yeah. Like, it's hard. Really sucks, you know. Yeah. And our response to him was, was not like, "Oh my God, how dare you! I can't believe you. Really, it's that bad? Oh my gosh, you suck." Mm-hmm. It was like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, dude, yeah, yeah, I totally get that, yeah." And then we just we just talked about it, and what are you doing? What have you tried? Oh, cool. You can try again. Yeah. Okay. And it wasn't like you need to stop now. Oh, you know? it's, it's posing some good questions, right? See yeah. where he's at, seeing what steps he is taking, right? And how can we come alongside and, and help encourage him in those things? Yep. You know, give him some food for thought and, you know, obviously pray for him and, uh, you know, lift him up, you know, and, and check in on him. Like, oh, that was really cool. He texted me late last night. I didn't mm-hmm. sit till this morning. Just, hey, man, just want to thank you for coming over. You know, I mean, he's he's doing the simple little things that some people miss to follow up on the relationship. Like yep. to say, hey, man, really enjoyed you and your family. Love to do it again sometime. Like, yeah. He just didn't do this one-off thing that, you know, he felt like he, you know, had to do and because this is what we do and da-da-da. There was, the, there was a genuine appreciation mm-hmm. and invite to return and, you know, yeah. all the things because he's, he's realizing he needs that in his life. So yep. he's pursuing those relationships. Yeah. Just like you pursued your bride, you know, or, you know when you were dating and whatnot, this is something you wanted in your life. So you went out of your way to be hospitable, to... Yep buy gifts to, you know, be interested in what they're interested in and yeah. so on and so forth, you know, and ask questions and 
get to know somebody, right? Yep. And that that person becomes your partner. Yep. You know, for life and yep. is going to be the person that has your back and that can confront you and that can encourage you and give you hope and so on and so forth. So I mean, there's no different. Relationship is relationship, you know. Yeah. The different types of relationships are are instrumental in our lives because mm-hmm. we need different perspectives. Yeah. You know, different uh people have different life experiences and wisdom and knowledge and you know, uh, there, there's, there's no end to the amount of influence that we are taking in in this world, mm-hmm. but it, we're just allowing whatever to influence us. Instead, we can be like what he's doing right now and being intentional. I want to get around these types of guys. Yeah. Okay. So, and I know we're, we're, we're going on a tangent here. So everyone just roll with us. Cause this is, this is super valuable, I think as a conversation, but it, for you, what do you think keeps the majority of men in the church reticent or hesitant to pursue those relationships like what keeps them on the sidelines and just like not in the game the fear of actually having to admit where they're falling short every man wants to be respected yeah and if a man reveals his weakness he fears not being respected. Mm-hmm. That would be my initial answer for that. Mm. Um, I think, I think too often we are concerned with the way we are viewed mm-hmm. and what's what's that going to interpret? You know, what are people going to think of that? Am yeah. I am I going to lose respect because I drink too much or whatever? You know, whatever issue you know uh, that I'm sharing that I'm weak and and if and if you invite someone in your life, like I was been saying, you know, you be, it's more easy for you to be known. Mm-hmm. And I think some people are, are, I think a lot of people are really nervous about fully being known. Yeah. I think there's, there's this sense of safety in wearing your mask mm-hmm. on a Sunday morning and portraying like everything's good. And maybe you ask for the random prayer for, you know, that's just a generalized. Yeah whatever you know hail mary that you throw up and what have you but there's no genuine uh not allowing anyone to have any genuine insight into what your actual struggles are yeah you know and 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 not that that's what the relationship has to be based around it's not some therapy session it's just i think at times you know like you, you see a family on a Sunday morning and, you know, the kids are rambunctious or whatever. And yeah, okay. They just got out of Sunday class and what have you, you know, but you go home and it's like, Oh, they run the place. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, you know, doing all the things that you yourself were, you know, when you grew up, you know, were taught that's not okay. Yeah. You know? And so, so instantly there you've got, okay, well there's parenting different and there's an intentional choice there, but there's also just, not knowing how to do it well, yeah. right? And I think a lot of families, because of their situation and what they were taught, just weren't really taught. I mean, I'm always so impressed when I get the, you know, thank you, Mr. Milligan, or, mm-hmm. you know, yes, ma'am, you yeah. know, yes, sir. You're like, always so impressed when I meet a family who's, you know, their kids understand those, mm-hmm. at least those basic principles. I, I would call yeah. the basic principles of yeah. just respecting, mm-hmm. you know, your elder first and foremost. Yeah. and you know, heeding and listening to what is being said. And there's, there's so much value there. And, and I think a lot of parents just, just didn't get that themselves. And so moving forward. So anyways, what I'm getting at 
is on a Sunday morning, you're not going to fully understand something like that. Yeah. But you get around and have a meal together and then you're hanging out and doing some game or talking and the kids are off playing or whatever. Like you start to pick up some more of that, you know, how things are kept and how, you know, Oh, where, what does he value? Oh, well, he's got X, Y, Z in the garage, you know, or, you know, she's got, you know, this amazing master closet that's, Mm -hmm. you know, full of all the things or whatever, which, you know, to each his own, that's, that just reveals what they value. You know yeah. more information about that person. And again, I think back to your question, the more information that we give out and put out there, the less control we have of what someone thinks. Yeah. You know, and that's why, you know, social media is such a kind of crazy place is because you can, you can kind of orchestrate what you're putting out to the world yeah. and you and it's a very safe way to like, Oh, Hey, here's all these good things about me. This is how I want you to see me because I'm actually, if I actually showed you who I really was, you might not like me. Yeah. You know, and the the simple fact of the matter is, is we all struggle with stuff and we're all trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And how much safer would it actually be to do it together? Yeah. Yeah. That's speaking of social media like that. I think like that's always one of my goals is I always want to portray myself on social media in a way to where if you were to come spend a week with me and then leave, you're like, dude, that guy is the, like the same. I thought I knew who yeah. he was from social media. And then I got to be around him for a week. The dude's the same guy. Yeah. You know, that's like yeah. literally my goal with how I portray and talk like, and I feel like I do a generally a pretty good job of it. Like the way I talk when I'm doing my reels or the posts, I'm like, I talk like that to my friends. Yeah. And like, I, and I'm not hiding anything. I'm not talking about nope. something. I'm not trying to live in my own life, you nope. know? Um, well, just, just showing the reality of what it is. I'm like, you've got six kids. Yeah. It's chaotic sometimes. Oh yeah. That's okay. You've got six kids. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yep. You know, that, that friend's house was redoing his yard and it rained right before we all came over. It was yeah. a big old mud hole. Guess what? There was a bunch of muddy shoes and boots and yeah. you know, is that ideal? No, but we've got kids yeah. and that's what happens. Yeah. It's okay. Yep. You know, it's, it's life. It's dirty. Yep. It's life. It's dirty. I, but honestly, right there, that's, I think that's probably the other aspect is life is messy. Yeah. Right. And people don't want to show their mess. Well, it's that funny. Might be another way to, to say me, that. that's funny because I'm like, everyone knows it's messy. So the fact that you try to look put together, everyone knows you're faking something. Like, and that's what, whenever I have a chance to talk to a group of guys, I'm like, from the very beginning, I'm like, right now, we're just going to set the precedence. Nobody gets to try and act like they have their crap figured out or together because everyone knows you don't and everyone knows everybody else doesn't. Yeah. So let's just start from there. And then we might actually get somewhere in this conversation or in this weekend away or whatever. If we just start there, like we know you're messed up. We know you have vices and addiction. We know your marriage is not where it wants to be. We know you're not the dad you want to be. So don't freaking act like it for one second. And if we start from there, instead of having to go a day and a half, two days at a retreat and to finally get to somebody being there, yeah. what if we start there and then make two days of progress? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like if people just started in a place of, yep, my life's messy. It just is what it is. Like how much, <laughs> how much deeper could a relationship grow quicker? If we just start there. Yeah. You know? Well, honest, open, transparent. Yeah. We call them hot conversations. Yep. And without those, what are you really doing? Yeah. Just what are you really doing? Creating a fake world. 
creating a fake world to live in. Uh, all right. Iron ethos. Boom. I'm going to read through it. The way, the way we decided we're going to do this is uh, I'm going to read through the iron ethos and then each of us separately. I don't know which ones Nick did. He doesn't know which, which ones I did, but we highlighted slash made bold on our phones. Um, three separate pieces of it. And we're just going to go through and talk about those because I, I highlighted the three that kind of mean a lot to me in the ethos. And then you did the same and we'll talk about them. But this is the iron ethos. I'm a son of God chosen by him. My identity and purpose is secure because they come from the Lord. I change the environment of every room I walk into because the Holy Spirit is powerfully at work in and through me. I choose to lead from the front. I welcome discomfort knowing it will forge in me the very things I need to support, serve, and lead those around me. I expect my level of commitment to be misunderstood. Relentlessly, I pursue my target despite my current position. Every day, I make myself and those around me better. Boldly, I stand in the face of opposition, fear, and insecurity during difficult situations. Courageously, I speak truth even when it's easier to blend in with the crowd. I reject mediocrity and passivity, knowing I am meant for greatness. I am set apart and born to win. Every day, I will advance forward. That is the iron ethos. All of those things. I like it. So, Nick, what's the first one you highlighted or more made bold on your phone? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I welcome discomfort, knowing it will forge in me the very things I need to support, serve, and lead those around me. So why is that one uh, highlighted for you? Um, that's highlighted for me in part. It's kind of twofold in the sense that I felt like I was doing aspects. I was doing this in aspects of my life, but not all aspects of my life. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of half trying to really improve the foundation of, but it's yeah. also trying to aspire to in some other areas, right? So that one just means a lot to me because it's so easy to be comfortable yep. and not uh, endure in order to improve yourself. Yeah. And I'm, it's something that I kind of, I try and look back on often and, and remind myself, no, it, it's okay that this is difficult. It's okay yep. that this is hard. This is challenging because it's not meant to be easy. It's meant yeah. to make me better. And you can't, you know, most things in life are not, that, that actually benefit you don't come easy. Mm-hmm. And so when you are up against challenges, and no matter whether you've sought them or they are coming to you, to be able to have the mindset where you are working out of that, that is solidified, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. matter that this is difficult. Yeah. The, the goal is to improve. And so with that, in theory, you should be able to function mm-hmm. in that in-between space yep. with intent, clarity, convictions, allowing yourself to work through what's hard, have the mental capacity to push through, yeah. and have the goal be the thing you're focused on instead of the pain or the frustration or the anger or the whatever it is that's ultimately more of a symptom of what you're enduring yeah rather than what you should be focused on mm-hmm. yeah i like that one good old discomfort um the first one that i highlighted was actually i mean 
as I'm looking at these, <laughs> two of the ones I highlighted are actually in my personal code. Um, I thought you might highlight those. <laughs> which I'm like, wait a minute. That's, there's a reason I like those mm-hmm. ones. Uh, but the first one is, I change the environment of every room I walk into because the Holy Spirit is powerfully at work in and through me. I had to put money, but uh, you chose that one. Did you? <laughs> yeah. You know me. Just a little bit. Um, yeah, and I, like that one, I think for me is so powerful because, um, and I, I think we, you and I have talked about this before, like <laughs> offline, but because of my personality, I can, tr- I can, I can use my emotional intelligence and situational awareness and contextual awareness and very often, um, kind of purposely blend in, mm-hmm. you know, because I know that my personality is much larger than a lot of people's. The way I say things is kind of maybe a little more uh, punchy, you know, like I don't, I don't always think through fully like what I'm talking about. Sometimes I just, you know, it's like, it's very direct, very direct and, and challenging. And challenging. Yeah. But I, and it's part of who I am, right? I'm a challenger, encourager, and exhorter. Yep. Um, and because of that, I can very easily walk into different contexts, environments, rooms, and just blend in. But the thing that I continually try and embrace more is like, no, the Lord made me this way on purpose. And I need to embrace that and walk forward knowing that I don't just change the atmosphere of a room because it's me. I change the atmosphere of every room I walk into because the Holy Spirit is powerfully at work in and through me, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. Mm-hmm. And if people actually understood like what that meant, right? Because, right. and here's what, like, this is the other piece that like for me, practically, it would change the way you walk in every room, sure. right? Like, let's take somebody super, who's like just super famous. Like everybody would think this person's famous. The Rock. The Rock, okay? Let's say this morning on the way to Black Rifle, the Rock walked up to us and was like, dude, Cody, Nick, bro, like I've been following you on social media, right? Like, I'm like, oh, whatever, like whatever, Rock, Mr. I have billions of followers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, let's go have coffee together, right? No one knows us in Black Rifle. Well, mm-hmm. actually, well I mean, we go there all the time, so people know us, but everybody knows The Rock, yes. right? If we walked into the room with The Rock, the way that we would walk in and the way that we would think about the way people see us when we walk in, there would be a, we would think eyes are on us, right? We would think, I guarantee walking in with the rock right now, like the entire, it just sucked the air out of the entire room. Cause I'm like, oh, is that the rock? Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like we can understand it in that context, but for some reason we don't understand that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, yeah. right? We walk into every room with that person. And what if we walked into every room with that person, the Holy Spirit, mm. th- with the same mindset that if we were walking into a room with the, with the rock? Yeah, yeah. Right? It, like, you can't walk into a room the same way. Like, you can't do it. Yeah. And it's not even a thing that the eyes are on me. It's the person that I'm with yeah. is so powerful. And I just brought a piece of that in the room. Because yeah. of me walking in. Yeah. Right? You'd stand a little taller. That's for sure. Yeah. And you're a, little, you're a little more bold. And like, you see something going on, like, you're going to pray for this more confidently, or you're going to step into this. And yeah. what if every Christian man did that? Mm-hmm. I, oh, my. Like, please mm-hmm. tell me church on Sundays wouldn't be different. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that's, that's, and again, that is in my personal code. Um, because it's that, it's that 
big of a thing to me. Like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just think it's super powerful. So um, what's the second one for you? I always like that one. Uh, Boley, I stand in the face of opposition, fear, and insecurity during difficult situations. Mm. Um, this is the one for me where I, I just, it's just the protector in me mm-hmm. that I identify with, that I, um, like, at my core, that is one of the things I think I connect really well with. Yeah. I'm, I want to serve and protect. I want to be able to provide what's needed in the moment of crises. Yeah. To, you know, whether that's to my family or friends or perfect stranger. Yeah. Like I want to be the guy that's got the ability to help. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. So it's, you know, and also just sticking up for the little man too. Yeah. Right. Um, in, in that, you know, being able to help those who can't help themselves. Yeah. You know, the Bible talks time and time again about, you yeah. know, that help the widow and yep. so on and so forth, you know, and um, you know, even for farmers to allow, gleaning to happen uh-huh. you know and so on you know i, I want to be that to as many people as i can yep oh, yeah. something that really resonates I, one thing i like about that one in particular when it talks about i stand in the face of opposition like i think there's a difference between standing in opposition to something mm-hmm. and standing in the face of opposition oh yeah right like what i think about is like if there's some person that like I don't agree with, I can I can sit across the room and disagree with them. Yep. There's another thing for me to go get in their face. Yeah. Right. And I think they're like just in that, like that's why I love standing in the face of opposition. Cause you can be opposed to something and still be sitting on the sidelines. There's a difference between like an NFL player that wants to win his opposition, but he's sitting on the bench, as opposed to the dude that his face is right up next to the nose of the dude that's hiking the ball. And it's like, I'm going to come kill you. Sure. You know, yeah. like there's the massive difference in how you approach those two things. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. No, it's, it's having the fire within to be able to react when necessary. And, yeah. and, and, and because you know what you value, yeah. because you know what you stand for and what you're willing to fight for and what you're willing to die for. And what's something that, Hey, we can just agree to disagree. Yeah. Right. Like, there's there's an aspect that you know you can be foolish and go fight for anything oh, yeah. you know but it to truly you know have some wisdom and really narrow down okay what is of most importance and yeah. what am i actually going to stand up and fight for yeah i think that's those are all those are super important questions we need to ask ourselves and figure out you know what what is going to make a difference in my life or, or what what are the things that i am willing to fight for mm-hmm. to ensure my life is different yep. you know and, and and is set apart uh for the kingdom yeah yeah golly uh the second one i highlighted which which i think it's funny we did these separately and we're literally choosing different ones which is I think, i'm not great. surprised by that yeah we're we're alike in a lot of ways but very different in a lot of ways nope. um but the second one i highlighted was i expect my level of commitment to be misunderstood um <laughs> for me i'm like it's either a misunderstood because you're just not going to get me or it's going to be misunderstood because i'm just not going to communicate it properly <laughs> we had like it reminds me of the conversation we're having this morning at the mm. gym like i won't go into all the details but like we walk into the i walk into the gym nick's talking to you know one of our other buddies and like i hear something and i i don't even i mean dude i was still waking up and for those of you who don't know like I've been trying to get off nicotine pouches for years. Um, it was a nasty habit I picked up 
when we were firefighters. And nicotine's a pain in the butt to kick. I'll tell you that much. That's why so many people can't kick it. But currently, I'm in the process of pushing out my first dose of nicotine for the day farther and farther into the day. Um, we I, got can to tell. I got to 9.49 today, by the way. Nice. 9.49 a.m., um, which is a big push out from 6 a.m. So, um, so I was not fully with it. But <laughs> and I think Nick understands that because I was not communicating well very at all. Um, but we were talking about something and I had just been I had brought up in a really weird way about like, I, just, oh, I hate talking about this stuff, you know, and I was I was I was. I would have been much better to just say what I was trying to say instead of try, you know, bounce around all these weird ideas. Um, but even afterward, like when we were talking about what I was really trying to get across, mm-hmm. you know, with the, like the. I don't want to have these kind of conversations because I like it's just it takes up this mental bandwidth in me where I'm so committed to X, Y, and Z. I don't want to, I don't want these other conversations to take up any space, mm-hmm. right? Because where our mind goes, like, so does our energy. So does our energy, and then our other thoughts can go that way. And I'm like, I'm just so committed to these things. I don't want to fill it with this other stuff. Um, and <laughs> I mean, in that moment, I was misunderstood for a communication reason, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think. You know, even if I was to come out and directly say to somebody, you know, like, hey, like, I, we're not going to talk about this right now, like, or even taking it a step further and which is I might need to this is, might need to actually be the verbiage that <laughs> I use and then hold myself to is like, um, like, I don't allow people to have these kind of discussions around me. Right. Be- because I'm just guarding my garden, right. Mm. The garden of my mind of like, hey. You want to sow these seeds, you can sow them somewhere else. You're not going to sow them around my garden right now, right? Um, and, but even if I was that strong, like, that would be, like, a lot of people would misunderstand even my heart and intent in that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's because I'm so dang committed to, to, to figuring out and forging a, my path forward in certain places that it's just like, because when you're, when, you're, when you're committed to a certain level, people are not going to get why you do it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. even, I mean, it's a thing if you if anyone follows like bodybuilders through prep like dude it it is an all-consuming lifestyle yeah that's i mean that's why i think bodybuilders have i i think bodybuilding is probably the most difficult sport on the planet Mm. i can't think of anything that consumes as much of your life as bodybuilding does Mm. because every meal matters and every supplement matters and every workout matters you know um i can't think of another sport where you have to be that disciplined Mm. I can't think of, I can't think of it. Um, but it, it is common knowledge in the bodybuilding community of how hard it is on families or wives that are, you know, married to bodybuilders because like it, it's such an all consuming lifestyle that it inconveniences everybody around them. Um, and because of that, I mean, bodybuilders are very misunderstood because their level of commitment is so freaking high, you know? Um, but I think that's something for me that I have to embrace is like, not everybody is going to understand why I operate the way I do, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that is because it's like, I believe I'm called to something. And I, so therefore I have to, I have to operate and guard myself in a different way than, than people. Um, but I will say, I think everybody is called to something higher. And so the fact that not everybody is guarding themselves that way um, is, is the reason why. I think I need to hold myself to that, you know, so that it calls people and points it out in them almost. Um, the word zealous comes to mind. Yeah. 
I'm, there's another word on the tip of my tongue I can't think of, but just being so passionate about something that you're you're driven in a way that's not obsessed. Obsessed. Thank you. That's the word. <laughs> yeah. When you have an obsession, you are so singular focused yep. in many ways, right? Now, that can be used to your advantage to yep. obtain that thing. Yeah. Which is can be a really good thing. Yep. It's when you fully neglect your other responsibilities. Oh, absolutely. Because of said obsession is yeah. when it becomes unhealthy, right? Yeah. But if you can manage the line between complete obsession, let's call it, mm-hmm. right? Where you just have blinders onto everything else. Yeah. And a very tactical uh, obsession, mm-hmm. right? To where, yeah, I still have all these responsibilities over here that yeah. I value and I will show up for. Yep consistently but i'm going to go so hard on this thing over here because i know it's the thing that i'm called to do yep and so i've created a lifestyle and a schedule and i you know say yes to certain things and no certain things Mm -hmm. because of my convictions on this one thing that i hold you know as valuable as anything else yep you know but it, it allow that obsession allows that just that that focus to take place. I think yep. is, is so much of what I mean. I hear, and I think that's what people can look outside looking in and go, "Man, Cody, he never takes a day off from the gym, or he's always talking about this thing. He's always talking mm-hmm. to the men. He's always you know trying to you know call the men up you know mm-hmm. to more. Like, man, do you ever like take a break from that? And I'm like, well, no, that's that's who I am and what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be a challenger and an exhorter yep. and so on and so forth. And so I think for some people that don't understand those, that singular focus and how that propels you forward, I think people can go like, man, what is that about? Like, yeah. Because I think a lot of, most of us are generalists. 100%. We've got our job and, you know, we yeah. kind of specialize, quote unquote, in, in that arena or whoever. And some of us are better at it than others. And, yeah. you know, but like, I think I can think of a few friends that like when they get into a sport or, or whatever it is, like they are all in, oh, they like go spend, to the deep end. They just completely down the rabbit hole. Yep. Right. And they, they figure out all the things they know, everything about it. They know the history of it and where it started and what all the best brands are and what the, you know, ex, you know, mm-hmm. they, they just, it's like, Whoa. I, and that's always, that's always impressed me because yeah. of their ability to focus in on that yep. and become a master at it. And I yeah. think that's the, the outcome of obsession mm-hmm. when done correctly is yep. you b- begin to master that thing, that arena, that yep. topic, that skill, um, which is extremely, I mean, if, if all the people that are remembered in history, they were probably all a little bit obsessed. I, would be I my would guess. A, right. I, I mean, I've, I've had a friend tell me before, like only obsessed people change the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you, I, and even just look at some of the people from modern history, right? Like Steve Jobs, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, absolute, uh, absolute obsession yeah. over, over making changes, just the small, obsessing over the smallest things that p- some people would say are irrelevant and don't matter, but matter to him because of his level, level of, of obsession. And f- for all intents and purposes, he absolutely revolutionized and changed multiple industries. Oh yeah. Right. Jeff Bezos, mm-hmm. right. Absolutely mm-hmm. obsessed with getting people to check out faster. I mean, I, I don't know if you ever heard the story about him going to his engineers and basically saying like, 
we need to get this down to one or two clicks. Mm. And his engineers kept coming back over and over. We can get it to five. We can get it to six. We can mm-hmm. get it to four. And he kept sending them back for months. Get it to two. Get it to one. Because uh, he was obsessed. And, I mean, we all know what Amazon is, right? Mm-hmm. Elon Musk is another one, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely obsessed. Um, and, and that's, I mean, Jesus. You look, I mean, his mission was very clear in Scripture. He came to seek and save the lost. And you watch his mission, and anything that tried to derail that dude, you couldn't derail him. Even his own parents, right? They, yes. They left town. Like, wait a minute, where's Jesus? Yeah, we they lost, go back we looking lost for God. Him. Yeah, we lost God. <laughs> and they come back, and, and he's like, well, don't you know I'm about my father's business? Yeah, I, I, he's like, I, I, you know I have to be about my father's this, business. This is, this is what I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think, I, I think most people... Most people are scared of being obsessed because of some of the reasons that you said. Yeah. Um, but I think most people have never even flirted with that line, Mm-mm. you know, Mm-mm. unless it comes to some kind of sinful addiction. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's where they're like, well, I might as well not be obsessed in this area because only bad things come from obsession. Yeah. You're like, ah, no, only bad things come from, you know, that sinful addiction. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, and it's a, it's a line I'm even trying to learn how to like, because I don't think I'm nearly as obsessed as I probably need, need to be. Mm. Um, and out, as outspoken about some things in my life as I need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why. Um, but I know that for the next levels for me personally, like, I have... Most people haven't told me that they don't understand me yet. Mm. Right? And I think because of that, that's my indicator of, like, I'm not obsessed enough. And I'm not clear enough about where I'm going. Because... People in my life think what I do is cool instead of looking at me and be like, dude, I don't get you, you know? And when I, when I start getting more of that, I think that'll be the trigger for me to know that like, okay, I'm actually like heading the right direction. Like conversations like this morning, if I would have had a more direct conversation about that and, and it would have gotten a similar response, like what? I just don't get it. Why, why would you even, like, why would you talk about that? Mm-hmm. You know, to me, that would be the, the flag of like, you're heading in the right direction, bud. Like I, people I start, are people are misunderstanding what you're what you're doing. I start getting that way when you start talking about ultras. I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why would you? Why do you want to run a hundred miles? Misunder. That's one area I am misunderstood because yes. I have talked to people about that, and they're like, Why, why? would you want to go run a hundred or two hundred miles? And I'm like, You don't. I mean, you don't, you don't get why. Like, no, you don't understand. Like. <laughs> I want to do it because I want to feel that pain and like want to quit and then push through it, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyways, what was the third one that you highlighted? Uh, courageously, I speak truth even when it's easier to blend into the crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's just something that we as Christians need to hold dear. We need to have that conviction yeah. because ultimately the, the gospel is offensive. Yeah. And at the end of the day, um, you're not going to please everyone. Mm-hmm. And I ultimately can't care about what everyone thinks yeah i care about what my god creator thinks yeah uh, i obviously look to uh, seek counsel from those i respect mm-hmm. who you know have been there and done that or you know are fighting alongside me to to achieve whatever mm-hmm. goal what have you but um at the end of the day i can't care about what the world thinks yeah um my hope is that you know through the message of the gospel they are convicted and see the light themselves yeah. you know and that's why you know as our passage this morning being the salt and the light like mm-hmm. i'm trying to provide nutrients and flavor to this world you know and, yep. and help dictate culture in a way that's biblical yeah um, and shining a light into the darkness and 
a light's blinding. No, you, you can't get big, a big old spotlight and shine it into a dark mm-hmm. place, and everyone just, you know, everyone reacts <laughs> by covering their face and squinting and looking uh-huh. away. Like, that's offensive. Yeah. Like, cops use, you know, a flashlight to temporarily stun. stun someone, blind someone, so they can, you know, secure the situation or whatever. It's... No one ever said, you know, preaching the gospel was was this, you know, happy go lucky. Everyone gets, you know, rainbows yeah. and roses and all the things. It's it's not a an easy task, and I think yeah. we all need to be reminded of the boldness that we should have mm-hmm. when talking about it, and and you know, and just standing up for what's right. Back to that whole protector yeah. aspect, you know, it's like. No, this is this is what's right. This is yep. what's fair. This is what's just. I serve a just God that requires righteousness. And while I'm imperfect and uh, do not deserve the grace I'm given, I'm, it's freely given to me, so I can yep. stand and boldly, you know, claim the truths of the gospel yep. and live in a way that, while not perfect, but is it's the heart is after, you know, God and mm-hmm. and responding to what he's done in my life and so um to do that ashamedly would be just so foreign so not in my character so Mm -hmm. for for me to boldly um and courageously speak the truth you know is is important to me yeah that's i think especially now more than ever because people want truth to be subjective Uh or situational Mm -hmm. or this or that it's like no like there is there is truth that is just truth through Undeniable. and through. Yep. Yeah. And it just doesn't, I mean, and, some, and sometimes that truth is hard to choke down, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so if, if you're the one saying the very words that are hard for somebody to choke down, people are going to fight against that. Yeah. Like it just, it just, that's how it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, and even just admitting the truth sometimes, recognizing that you yourself are yeah. a sinner and struggle with these different areas. Again, back to, our previous conversation about being known, you know, yeah. courageously speaking the truth is, Hey, I suck at this. Yep. I need help. Please help me. Mm-hmm. How do you do this? Yeah. You know, um, asking for that help is some, some of the most courageous truth that can be spoken sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. No doubt about it. Uh, the last one for me is another one that's in my code. Um, but, the super short one toward the very end. Mm-hmm. I'm set apart and born to win. Um, yeah, I mean that, I think I put that one in there because it was in my code. Mm. I wanted that. Cause I, when I was writing this, I want, I wanted every man to adopt that mm-hmm. even if it's not in their code, mm-hmm. because the idea and remembering that we are set apart and born to win, um, the way that causes you to show up every day, and the way it causes me to show up every day, um, I think it 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 changes the lens through which you see everything. Sure, you know, like even when I was, I told a buddy this like a year ago, because he was <laughs> we were we were going through some different stuff um, when we lived in Idaho, and he had heard me say the piece of my code that is like I'm set apart and born to win, and he literally he literally goes, "How can you say that right now?" Mm. Because I'm seeing, and he rattled off like three or four different things that our family was going through. He's like, how can you believe that you're set apart and born to win when like you're facing all of this stuff? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I looked back at him and I said, well, there's two ways to look at the things that I'm going through. Mm-hmm. One is through the lens of, 
all of these things suck. My life is so hard right now. Wah, 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 wah. Victim. Right? Victim. Um, or a loser, right? Of like, sure. I am not set apart and not born to win. And that's yeah. why these things are happening, right? I said, or there's the way that I look at these things is I believe first and foremost that I'm set apart and born to win. And so these things that are happening to me, these things that we're going through right now, these are just like, these are weird things going on because and we just have to face and get through because obviously I'm set apart and born to win. Yeah. So the fact that I'm facing this, this is just something that's going to catapult me toward more winning in some weird way. I don't know how it's going to do it, but it's going to. And it's just, it's the frame that we can start to, if we, if we frame our entire life this way of I'm set apart and born to win, then everything we face, we go into it with this reality and it changes how we interpret all of those things, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. because people always want to say like, oh, this bad thing happened or this bad thing happened. And I'm like, well, first of all, who said that was a bad thing, right? The only reason you call it bad is because you have placed meaning and an interpretation on what happened as bad. Right. Mm -hmm. And so therefore you take that and you go and you plop it on there. Right. It's like when we are, when we hit a deer a few months ago. Sure. Right. It's like, Oh, that's terrible. I'm like, well, why is that? Why is that terrible? Well, cause now you gotta go, you gotta get your car fixed and this and that. And then it's like, Oh, okay. So you're like, you're taking all these things and aggregating it down and saying that this is bad because like, was anyone injured? No. Like, like it's like, Oh, this is just a whatever. Right. It's like, yeah. it's not necessarily bad it's inconvenient but who said it's bad mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. but how many things in our life we just uh, we we place meaning on all this stuff because how we it's a lens through which we see stuff and yeah. so and that's where even the one that you mentioned earlier about embracing discomfort or mm -hmm. welcoming discomfort mm -hmm. um i think the way that you can do that is you have a pre thing in the back of your head knowing that what scripture says is like God will work all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So you can do that, right? That's, that's ultimately why you can do that because you know, whatever the discomfort that comes, like, yeah, it's uncomfortable and it's painful. And some of these things might be really hard, but like, I know that one, I'm set apart and born to win Two, God works all this stuff for my good. Yeah. So like, for his I'm glory gonna, and like, our good. bring, bring exactly. it on. Like, cause like this is going to end up becoming something beautiful and good. Yeah. So why are we so worried about this? You know? Yeah. Um, and, and that's what I love about this, this ethos in general is, and, and even the code, it's, it's all a big frame of how we will choose to see things mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. depending on your background, your worldview, you're this, you're that, you're the other thing. You have a frame that you see the world through. And that frame literally, act, it, 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 it accents everything in a certain way, you know? And that's the reason why, some people who have a frame of just being a victim and all of this, the greatest thing in the world could happen to them, right? I, mean, yeah. I know a guy this happened to. He got a promotion at work, and his first response was, sure, I, I sure hope I don't do anything to screw it up and lose it. Oof. That was his first response. Oof. And I'm like, dude, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. Like, and it was so revealing because I'm like, and but I had been talking with this guy for months and coaching him mm -hmm. um <laughs> when i saw this i was like i just still knew i'm like dude you still see yourself as a weak garbage victim of a person because mm -hmm. that was the first words out of your mm -hmm. mouth not mm -hmm. praise the lord for his provision or yes i worked i worked hard and diligently for this and i deserve this because i worked my tail off for it 
and I'm going to continue working and my tail off working and be successful in this next position. Yeah, yeah. it was like I sure hope I don't do anything to screw it up and lose it. Yeah. I was like, and and that just that shows you that even a great thing like a promotion could happen. Yeah. But if you have a frame or a lens that you see it through, it's going to taint it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Mindset's and so for me, everything. I'm like why don't you just change the lenses out? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. You, you don't have to maintain your same worldview or lens that you have. You can change it. Mm-hmm. So how about you just change it to something that actually benefit you? And I don't know, just make life a little more enjoyable in the meantime. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, what's the, what's the, what's the harm in what's the harm in it? The world is always going to cater to that victim mindset. Oh yeah. Cause it keeps like. you dependent. Right. Yeah. Whereas a biblical worldview is allows you to see you who you really are, who uh-huh. God says you are, yep. right? And I think that's that's where the power is. Yeah, is is viewing yourself as God sees you. Yep. Um, which is hard for some people. Yeah. Right. They they don't feel worthy to even be called a son or daughter of the King. Yep. And so moving and in, moving into that perspective can be difficult, but man, it's so necessary and so rewarding when oh, yeah. you finally figure that out and and begin to actually apply. Uh, those truths ultimately yep. in your life. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, I've had somebody tell me before, like that have heard me say, like I changed the environment of every room I'm into. I'm set apart and born and when they've heard me say those things, like, mm-hmm. dude, you're so arrogant. Mm-hmm. Like, like mm-hmm. you're, you're so cocky. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I, you're gonna have to take that up with my dad because sure. my dad's actually the one that says these things about me. And when I say my dad, I'm talking about my heavenly father. Right. Right. Like I'm not saying these things about me. Yeah. Like, dad said these things about me and i just believe them yeah. that's all so don't don't get all upset with me like this is stuff my dad said about me sure and we oddly enough he said the same thing about you mm-hmm. and so and that's it right there is they're they're trying ultimately when they when they put that phrase on you that put that identity on you or that you're arrogant yeah. right it's not necessarily because you are by any means yeah. it's it's because they are they're, ultimately they're they're seeing you rise uh-huh and they want to pull you right back down to 100%. where they are because they're comfortable where they're at and they're uncomfortable seeing you rise yeah and i would even say that the truly arrogant person was the other person mm. because i'm like you're more arrogant than i am if you're going to really if we're going to point fingers mm. because i'm just accepting something my dad said you're arrogant enough to claim something different than what your father says about you. Sure. And how arrogant of you to think you figured it out about yourself and that your heavenly father got it wrong. Yeah. That's arrogance. Foolish arrogance. <laughs> yeah. All of the above. Like, please, yeah. you know. So, but anyways. I, ignorant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I just want to encourage anybody, like, you know, with all of this iron ethos stuff, um, adopt the whole thing. Adopt the parts you want. Adopt the, you know, throw the parts out you don't. At the end of the day, just having something that you can latch onto every day and read out loud to yourself and remind yourself and train your brain to think a certain way um, and not even think a certain way, but think in a truly like Bible centered way. I mean, while there's not Bible verses attached to all of these things, which I could, we could literally go through here and put scriptures that align with every single one of Certainly. these things. Um, this is all just, you know, biblical ideas distilled down into pithy statements mm-hmm. for, I mean, really, I'm, I wrote these four men um, that you could latch on to, and they could absolutely change your life. Mm-hmm. They could absolutely change your life mm-hmm. um, if you allow them to, if you adopt them, um, and if you move forward, you know, in a way actually believing them. Yeah, you've got to live it out. 100%. Your actions 
speak louder than words, right? 100%. You can say you believe these things, and then you could actually go do these things. Yep. And I think the doing proves believing. Like, you yes. could say you believe it, but if you're not living it, I'm like, oh, you don't really believe it. Yep. Like, it's a, it's a cute thing you think, but mm-hmm. your actions show, actions show what somebody truly believes. Yep. You know? So, <laughs> and so, right, wrong, or indifferent, you'll be found out just by somebody watching you. So, anyway, Put your money where your mouth is. Put your friggin' money where your mouth is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, schmuck. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, schmuck. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for hanging out with us today. Um, I, I was thinking earlier, by the way, mm. I think maybe we should spend the next episode or the next couple episodes talking about how to actually develop community with other brothers. Because we started talking idea. about it earlier yeah. a little bit. I think, it, I think that would be a really good, I mean, we could probably spend a couple episodes on the practical things we could do um, to do that. Because some guys are like, man, I want to do that, but I just feel like I ain't got the balls to do it. You know, um, when it, in reality, it doesn't really take much fortitude to do it. Yeah, honestly, I mean, show up with a cup of coffee. Exactly. Want one? Yeah, want one? (laughs) What do you do for work? (laughs) But I think it'd be good. I I think it'd be a good conversation to have. Yeah. uh, And just give guys some practical tools. So we'll talk about that. And then who knows? Maybe the next time we're talking, we're talking about it. Perhaps. Which could be. But anyways. Well, you guys have a great rest of your week. Thanks for hanging out with us. And we will talk with you on the next episode. Out. Hey, one thing before you go, if you got any value out of today's episode, we would so appreciate a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening to this podcast, as well as, hey, take a picture with your phone of you listening, take a screenshot and post it to social media. Go ahead and tag me at Cody Chapman, and you can tag Nick as well at the Nick Milligan. Also, if you want to learn more about the Iron Society, you can head on over to ironsociety.co to learn more. We'll see you next week.